And here we are. We back. are live. So live, back where we started. All I need is two things. Do you know what they are? What are two things? A brew and a bro. And uh, a lot of other drugs, but I'm going to stop needing them all. So do you want to talk about your uh, recent addiction to the brew? What do you want to call it? I want to call it uh, the bottom, but I can't call it the bottom because every time I call the bottom, it goes lower and life gets worse. So I'm not going to call it anything, dude. I just am going to use the therapy of talking to you and use recording this to have some creative work to do to get my shit in order. I'll edit this even though it's your turn because I need something to do other than drugs. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I have, uh, not to steer this away from your brew conversation, but I'm actually out of weed and I was going to go to the dispensary after this. Oh, shit. But I'm I've jealous. got... That's an option. I've got my weed usage uh, halved from what it was. Oh, that's sick. How did you yeah. do it? Just like incremental steps? One weird trick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm all ears. Okay. Uh, give me one second. I'm going to go... I'm going to go grab something. Okay. Fuck. I'm trying to open this beer in a way that will make me feel like more of a man with this lighter, but it's not working. New low, bottom town. This is my pipe. This is my only pipe. It is a glass one hitter. Mm -hmm. Nice, one hitters are the way. All I can do is pack one hit. It's almost perfectly efficient compared to a bowl, which you lose a lot to just smoke in the atmosphere. Right. And it's got my weed usage way, way down, probably half of what it was. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And it's Chicago summer rather than winter, so hopefully you got less depression smoking going. It is Chicago summer. It is very, very hot, although it does rain. Um, but it's very humid. It is an unpleasant heat. Um, the Americans are out shooting each other. That's oh, I yeah. I heard about that. What a fucked up country, dude. Just spent 12 days there. I don't want to ever come back, but I'm going to have to. Dude, I feel like I should leave. Like I was talking to someone and they were like, yeah, you should move to this state instead. And that state had a mass shooting a month ago. <laughs> it's just like, remember when Columbine was a big deal because it was the only one that happened? Yeah, now there are too many to count. There's a Columbine every week and it's just like, all right, well... They're all just trying to top each other. I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah, I mean, now mass shooters know, I guess they can go out with a bang, literally. So people with nothing to live for are down for that. It's really sad. I mean, I feel like it's just one symptom of so many things that are sad about American culture, which I'm happy to get into. But I'm still trying to open this fucking beer bottle with this fucking lighter, and I can't. You trying to come up with like cool ways to open beer? No, I don't have a bottle opener. Oh, uh, I see. I did it no problem a few weeks ago. This is the epitome of my regression. I think you got to like wedge your thumb underneath it maybe. Yeah, you got to wedge your thumb and create a lot of tension and then fuck. People can do it with teeth. I should at least be able to do it with a lighter. Yeah, people can do it with anything, man. It's weird, but um, I can't. I got to use the opener or like a knife or like a fork. I use a fork sometimes. Uh, yes. Fuck there yes. Go. There we go. Cheers. 
to Consciousness Porn. Episode one, again. (laughs) The 14th episode one, the 14th time I say the same story. (laughs) We have now introduced alcohol into your cocktail of... Yeah, I really miss the good old days. I really miss the good old days when I was only addicted to weed. That was like a manageable problem. Then it became tobacco and then fucking drinking. I never thought I would be in this place, but I was just in the US. I went for this wedding and it was so nice to see my childhood best friend, one of my childhood best friends get hitched and you know open up and stuff and to share that with him. And I saw my other childhood best friend uh, that I hadn't seen in three and a half years. It was great on those levels, but unfortunately I just felt like shit the entire time and fell into the American way of numbing it with alcohol. And it was disturbing. It was sad. Like so many people were like just numbing their nervousness and their shit with alcohol. So the last week I've, I smoked a lot of weed as well. I've, uh, (laughs) I've smoked cigarettes every day the last week and I've been drunk most of the days. Is this social drinking or are you just like YOLOing by yourself now? Well, it was social. I mean, I was at the wedding. I was getting sloshed with a bunch of other people. And uh, and then the wedding, you know, I was just like could barely keep moving. And so there was uh, like coffee, alcoholic drinks. So I was having like coffee, martinis, coffee and whiskey. Um, yeah, it, it got me through, I guess. I don't know. I was scared I was going to get stuck. Did I tell you that my passport uh, expires in less than six months? So I was worried I wouldn't be able to come back. Oh, shit. No. Yeah. I mean, luckily, the American Airlines girls were so worried about me showing my proof of vax that they, I guess, overlooked that. No one said anything. But Was this a, um Ecuadorian thing? It's a rule in Ecuador, but like U.S. immigration often stops people from going if they're not, you know, going to fulfill all the requirements. That's so um, weird. Yeah. Cause I've been traveling quite a bit recently and the only thing I've had to show was, um, a negative PCR within 24 hours. Well, yeah, I mean, it's different, different countries too, but the, the passport thing is pre COVID. I mean, that's just a general rule. You're supposed to have six months before you go. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I tried to go into an agency and get it renewed real quick and they laughed at me and told me to leave <laughs> and uh i was really scared i i don't know i i think like my spiritual ego wants to pin how i felt on the u.s and some of that's true but also i need to just take responsibility and not complain i feel like it's really weird to me that places are still doing covid i feel like like, why would you still be doing COVID No. Yeah, I mean, it worries me a bit because it leaves open the possibility for it to come back with a vengeance. You know, it's like a low hum in the background. It's still in the zeitgeist. Like, as long as we're still talking about it, I feel like there's the potential for a new big wave and new lockdowns and so on. People keep talking about, and like nobody, people aren't, right? People in the streets don't care, but like the news keeps talking about monkeypox and trying to make it a thing. Some people really care, dude. Some people are real deep in the mind control. Yeah, they do, dude. I feel so bad for everyone growing up in this shit, especially the kids. I saw this family, or I guess it was just a dad and a son in the hotel, and uh, 
the dad was wearing a mask and the son, I guess, didn't want to. And the dad was like, you, you should be wearing a mask. You need to be wearing a mask. The fuck kind of way is that for a four-year-old to grow up? I feel like unconfirmed because I keep testing negative, but I've been around people that have tested positive and I've had <coughs> at least three mm-hmm. times so far. Oh, wow. I mean, you might be healthy enough that it just doesn't become full-blown sickness. I keep testing negative. Um, there was one day where I had a fever for a couple hours and I was like taking whatever fever reducers. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was like, I had a lingering cough for like a week and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and are you just testing to, to satiate your curiosity to know what it is? Well, it was a prerequisite to entering the United States. Oh, right. Cause you were traveling to Albania. And um, when I went to the Dominican, the same thing, but I keep testing negative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it's at this point, everybody's either gotten it or been around it to the point where like no one's buying the, oh my God, hide inside narrative anymore. This is clearly not a big deal. And it's weird that people pretend it is. Some people still pretend it is. A hundred percent. But I feel like you have answered your own question in the past. I mean, this is just what you've said before that a lot of people were down to be locked down. They want to stay home and now they got a reason. So they're, uh, they've got a righteous, what's the word? Righteous justice. Uh, Justification. Yeah. For, for their, what they wanted to do all along. That's a hundred percent the case. And we're seeing it in the workplace a lot, like with a lot of people getting these medical exemptions to never return to the office. Oh yeah. I'm surprised anyone did with our, you know, our former company. I thought you said most people refused. So a lot of people ended up refusing. Um, our team specifically is, has been have, um, the only requirement is to come in once a week and half of our team refuses to come in once a week. Because, again, they got a medical exemption that says that they're immunocompromised and cannot come in once a week. Uh, But they have no issues with uh, doing other social activities when they want to. (laughs) Yeah, sounds about right. Going to team outings, potentially uh, going on trips, leaving the country. No problems Mm -hmm. with that. But an office once a week is too much risk. Sounds totally logical. But it's changing, man. What's changing? The era of free money is over. The NASDAQ is getting murdered every single day. And big tech is starting to get to the point where they're like, hey, if you don't like what we're doing, you don't like our policies, you can quit because we don't have the budget to just mm-hmm. keep all these floaters around hanging out. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fucked up world, man. But there is, uh, I think... I don't know. It's it's bizarre. A lot of stuff is turning all at once. Um, interest rates have doubled in the last month and a half. Again, now, they had already like doubled, right? We're now at almost seven percent on a thirty-year mortgage, which in real terms is maybe five, six, seven hundred dollars additional payment on most people's mortgages if they Ooh. were to get one now versus getting uh, three months ago. Yeah, I mean, is what's inflation now? Nine uh, percent. Gotcha. Did you know Vilcabamba is making its own currency? Incredible. What are they trading? <laughs> shells? What are they doing? <laughs> no, dude, we're going to make our own paper currency, I believe. <laughs> I'm not, you know, in the the people behind pulling the strings, but I hear the rumors and I'm excited. What are they going to back it with? The new earth. 
<laughs> this currency is transferable for the new earth. I love it. It'll probably be fiat, but I think the point is just to establish independence from the matrix. There has been a, speaking of independence from the matrix, there has also been a crypto massacre. Oh, um, I did hear about that. Crypto did- firms blowing out left and right. Mm. They've all have, Bitcoin's down probably 75% from all-time highs, maybe a little bit more. Is it like, oh, okay. It's so like 15K or something, 20K? It's like 18K, yeah. Mm. Obviously, it's moving all the time, but it, it hovers around there. Maybe it's time to get back in. I personally, you know, would never touch it at all. But yeah, you know, if you're looking for a pullback, this is a good one. People claim that all the funds that have blown out, like that were going to blow out, have blown out. So we've reached the bottom. Mm, okay. I think that if everybody sells, none of these exchanges are legit and none of them have any money. So Right, right. Yeah, it's a super risky thing, regardless. Crypto. But yeah, anything else crazy happening in the world? You're pretty much my connection to news. So what do we got? We got hyperinflation. We got 30-year rates increasing pretty aggressively. We've Mm -hmm. got a massive sell-off in the Mm -hmm. NASDAQ. We've got a pretty big sell-off in S&P as well. Um, We've got an upcoming property sell-off, obviously, because rates are going up. Right. Um, We've we've got got a... Crypto massacre. (laughs) Right. Uh, Supply chain issues still, right? Supply chain issues. um, It's it's tough to say, man, because a lot of times, you know, the leadership will go on TV and say, yeah, meat costs more money because of supply chain issues, not because, you know, the U.S. dollar is being, it's on a wing and a prayer. Mm. Yeah, and if the U.S. dollar is pretty much all currencies are... But also leadership is saying some scary stuff. Like this is kind of old news, but Biden like mentioned the new world order in a speech, said there's going to be a new world order. He said there's going to be a Russian cyber attack. He said there's going to be global food shortages, I guess, with the supply chain issues. It's looking pretty doom yeah. and gloom. I mean, there's a couple things with that, like the amount of wheat that Ukraine um, sends out to the rest of the world is essentially non-existent, which obviously caused wheat futures to explode. You know, so I would check into what Biden's positions were in wheat futures. <laughs> but also gas, you know, gas is $9 a gallon. What? I mean, only in like California or something, right? Yeah, yeah. But here it's seven. Shit. Um, yeah, it's so nuts. Yeah, there's a lot of protests in Ecuador actually because of gas prices. I was uh, I went to a brothel with my derelict friend who really wanted to go to a brothel. So we went and played chess in the brothel. And on the way back, we came to a blockade of buses blocking the road. And they said they were all protesting increasing gas prices and we're just going to block the road indefinitely. I put my truck like in the middle of them and then this woman came crying saying she couldn't get to her baby and so they let her through and then let us through. So got lucky there, but infrastructure is like, could be falling apart. Indigenous people too are like shutting down roads all over the country. That's crazy. Yeah, this gas thing is pretty complicated and pretty out of control. Obviously, there's still a war in Europe. Mm -hmm. God, rewind back to like, cp3 or four it's 
<laughs> so different. But I feel like I feel we've been nailing it. If you were to be like, hey, what's going to happen in six months? I think we've been right the whole time. <laughs> we're, we're quite vindicated in the doom and gloom recently. Probably, dude. I think we've just been like in a perpetual state of hanging on the brink of collapse. Like the system is just being held up by stilts and no one knows when it's going to fall apart, but it seems pretty clear it has to at some point. Oh, yeah. So obviously, you know, the American left is not having a good go of these last two years, you know? (laughs) Right. Well, they might get a boost from all the angry hoes after Roe v. Wade got overturned. I was going to, well, that's what I was going to pivot to. A lot of their energy is still on indicting Trump for his insurrection. Right. (laughs) These fucking conversations we're having about truthful events in the world are just still surreal. But sorry, go on. (laughs) No, but like their main talking point is still that even though you have just random gun violence erupting everywhere and then all these obvious signs of economic and social collapse really is what it is it's the harbingers of total collapse um but yeah and then what they've been doing is the supreme court's just pivoting into a fundamentalist christian hard right which is really a weird pivot it's real weird. I didn't really see it coming, although I, I do feel like it fits the zeitgeist in a weird way because for a while I felt like I could really see a big resurgence of evangelical Christians, especially if it turns out that the pandemic nonsense was nonsense, which I think it has to turn out that way. I mean, I'm still concerned the vaccines could be doing some bad shit. Like all-cause mortality was up 40% in 2021 versus 2020 and like the four years prior. So if it turns out that the the left was just, you know, dead wrong about all of this shit, then I think the right gets so emboldened that the most fanatical wing of it could take over and we could see a crazy Bible thumping turn in America. That's really like what the indicators are showing now, which is I would have never guessed of all the predictions that the, that the Christian right was going to make a hard push but here we are, like Roe v. Wade. Um, they've really strengthened Second Amendment laws in a lot of red states. Mm-hmm. Do you know how crazy it's gotten? Apparently, I haven't like looked really deep into this, but what I've heard is that in both Indiana and Ohio, you no longer need a license to conceal carry a weapon. You okay. just run and stick it in your pocket, walk around. Yeah, here's to more mass shootings. Fuck. That's well. I think their idea is well. If everybody has a gun, you won't have a mass shooting. <laughs> You'll just have a bunch of individual shootings instead. That's retarded. Anyone who does a mass shooting clearly has a death wish and is unhinged. I I don't think this is going to deter them. It might even make them more willing. Bro, this last guy that opened up on the 4th of July parade was a white rapper. He was about 5 foot 4 inches, 120 pounds, face tattoos, son of a pretty wealthy person, I guess former mayoral candidate in Mm -hmm. Highland Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, just like didn't need the money, so was pursuing his rap dreams. And then I don't know <laughs> his MAGA rap dreams. Just a little tiny dude with face tattoos. Oh my god, the worst. Trump, Trump was probably the daddy he always wanted, and then he had to carry the torch from there. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know how that. That's like a whole section of the population that we just kind of wrote off as being the crazy ones. That and they're the ones that are kind of getting momentum. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's a wildly swinging pendulum. I could see that that, that really uh, 
fanatical crew take it over for a while, but then eventually they go down. It's going to be ugly. Yeah, I think eventually. I mean, they're not. They can't win out on the basis of you know the Bible or whatever. Yeah, but I don't know, man. Like, I think that's like a fundamental belief of modern society is like that we always trend towards more modernism eventually. Mm-hmm. And you think and that might just be wrong. It could just straight up be wrong. It could just be that everything gets wiped out and we go fully, you know, whatever you want. What's that word? Theology, theocracy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely could be. I, I think we've already kind of gotten to purely theological thinking with regard to science, worshiping Fauci. So it's not that far of a stretch. It's just kind of a mirror image of the same lunacy, both sides going nuts at the same time. Yeah, whenever you introduce like dogmas and then the inability to stray from dogmas because you'll be punished, it it becomes sketchy. And it's definitely, it's sketchy now, man. So how many years do you think it'll be before you're fully scared out of the US and you you come live in Ecuador and be part of the new earth? I mean... 2024 will be a good indicator. The midterms will be a mm-hmm. good indicator. 2024 will be a really good indicator. Yeah, probably. And I, probably by 26, they'll just be open, open war in the streets, and I'll be out of here. Funny, that's not so different from what this guy in Vilcabamba predicts. This guy who has uh, dreams he claims are prophetic. <laughs> I mean, it sounds weird, but it's Vilcabamba. It's not really weird. He's confirmed it apparently with, you know, three other people in Vilcabamba having the same dreams. And he's having these dreams where uh, 2027 to 2032, somewhere in that range, the U.S. erupts in a civil war. Then China attacks the U.S. to take advantage. And, you know, full-blown World War III commences from there. I feel like I don't know why China would attack the U.S. ever. Well, if Um, the U.S. is already, you know falling apart maybe it would be an opportunity just to come take over i mean they kind of want to take over the world that's my perception of their goal yeah but like there's different ways to take over the world and actual military occupation is not the best way to do it Mm -hmm. um you know they could just as easily if the u.s devolves into civil war then there's no american navy um in which the chinese will take taiwan they'll take the entire pacific ocean Mm -hmm. and they'll probably just hang out there Maybe. Yeah. I mean, it might not be efficient to occupy the U.S., but it could just be like the last straw solidifying taking over. But you're right. I mean, all of our youths are already mind controlled by TikTok. So I think it's already over. It's also like ethnically very difficult to occupy a country that where you don't look like the people. If anything, they would do like a soft power where they would have a candidate that's very pro-Chinese. Mm-hmm. You mean like Biden? Yeah, but like a puppet government. Mm-hmm. Is Biden, I don't even know what Biden's stances are. He doesn't know what his stances are. Yeah, but I think the people who know what his stances are are pretty pro-Chinese. If you know, if that were the case, then I mean, he de- he like he openly like excused the atrocities happening in China, like with the Uyghurs and stuff. That's something he did do that. But then, like, they hurt the Chinese markets quite a bit. I don't even remember why anymore. But there was that huge Chinese sell-off because of some sort of policy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the particulars of nations might not even be that important. Uh, I think the bottom line is the systems of the modern developed world are unsustainable. And at some point the bottom falls out. 
and I'm trying not to stare into that abyss too much like I did last year because it's depressing. Yeah, man, and we were like out of it for a while. It was sunshine and rainbows for quite a bit, and then <laughs> it just it turned, and now it's just at least the war has slowed down because that was pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's weird that it's still happening. Like, what's still happening? Yeah, so now it's like in the realm of conspiracy because the Russians have tried to end it several times, mm-hmm. but but the West refuses to cede any land. Mm-hmm. They want everything that was taken, including during Obama's time. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay. So they want Russia to have less than they did even pre-war. They want, they want like the port back for themselves. Mm-hmm. And probably those bio labs. But I think, what, what are the bio labs? I don't know. It's all speculation, conspiracy shit I've heard. But, you know, the shit I've heard is Russia has seized multiple labs where people could be making bioweapons. I feel like that is more complicated than it needs to be. Like Russia is a country without any access to the water and they need access to ship their goods and services. Mm -hmm. And they do that by invading Crimea. And they do this every 50 or so years, every time, whatever power (laughs) Russia eventually is like, Hey, it makes no sense to pay whatever to house our ships there. We, We should just take it. Like this happened in early 1900 and it happened again now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now is, I guess, the first time people are just totally not okay with the land war. Well, it's just way more terrifying now that you have nuclear countries facing each other off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that song you sent me <laughs> with the line that said they've got a thing called the atom bombs. So I'll stay where I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty true. And like the crazy thing is the atom bomb isn't even what scares me the most. It's the mind control. I think the U.S. is a system of trauma-based mind control, and 95% of people are deep in it. What is trauma-based mind control? Scarring people with cultural messaging and the basic setup of their lives to a point that they're basically just trying to cope. They have to put on some kind of persona to get by, to navigate the system. And I think it just leads toward inauthenticity. Basically everyone's got a mask. That's, that was like my big takeaway from the U S like, I feel like everything's been more striking the longer I've been away. And so when I go back, like that's what I noticed the most is it's like cold transactional. Everyone's in their own head with some kind of persona. Whereas here it feels like people are really just like connected to their humanity and friends by default. Do you feel like it's easier for you to see through it now than maybe before? Since I've been in Ecuador? Yeah. Or maybe just matured. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some of both. I do feel like coming to Ecuador, uh, like really accelerated the processes I've been in and have become a lot more perceptive and sensitive. So yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah, it's just, but it's like, I feel like before I saw through it and identified as seeing through it, but was still kind of in it. And now I'm like more removed and it's just so it's just becoming really foreign to me. Like it's hard for me to understand how bad people are at listening in a place like the U S people just, yeah, just on them. I feel like, um, there's so much like ego defense Mm -hmm. where people are like trying to constantly hype themselves up. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is just something that I'm just like, come on, what are we doing? Why are we doing any of it? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. 
It's pretty pretty much what I see. I think I've been a part of it too. I think I'm still coming out of it. it takes a while. Yeah, I think I think everybody is at some point. I think it's a pretty natural reaction to do so. But I was saying I totally agree with like the mind control stuff, but I don't even think it's intentional. I just think like the system evolved for this to be the most optimal way to try to navigate the insanity. Mm, yeah, yeah. But we've just like strayed way too far at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think like everyone in the world has strayed to some degree. Like the closest you can get to uh, a natural, like full expression of human living is like indigenous people. And then it's just a, a spectrum. It's a matter of degrees of how far people have gone. So like, as I sat on the party bus post wedding and all these drunken people were, you know, going nuts to the song selfie, that's like, you know, maybe the end of an extreme of straying <laughs> and I'm trying to go back, but yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to go back. I feel like as I've tried to like get back in touch with the authentic self, it's largely just shown me how far I was and how far I still am. It's been humbling. Like I had a lot more confidence in early consciousness porn. You know, I thought I had some stuff figured out. I guess I had some stuff figured out, but there's so much to figure out. And I started from a place of such delusion that this is a long game. It's the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? I've heard that so many times. What is that though? I think that's like the curve where when you first are introduced to a concept, you kind of look into it and you go, oh, I understand what that is. But then Mm -hmm. the more you delve into it, the more you realize that there's so many levels to it and it keeps going. So you like have an initial burst of confidence and then slowly it goes. Mm. Eventually you get it back with your competence, but Mm. yes, yes. Yeah. That's the perfect way to describe what I feel like I've experienced the last year or so. Cause I had like some big winter effects within the matrix. I had some peak experiences and was real stoked on myself and then had some big loser effects and was real not stoked on myself. And then coming here, it's like whatever confidence there was that wasn't grounded in something real has been annihilated. Like I can't speak the language. I have to bumble around and struggle to figure things out and just support myself, sustain myself, not destroy myself with drugs and stuff. And so I have to face my inadequacies and flaws full on. And it takes a long time. Like you're right. The way forward is building competence that can be the basis for confidence, but it's going to be another year or two, at least before I'm fluent in Spanish. It's going to take a long time on the plant medicine journey. It's going to take a long time for all of it. So it's a long game. By the way, I've got some disturbing news about the plant medicine journey. What is that? So as you know, the first half of this year was characterized by like the deepest dive I'd ever done into ayahuasca spending 45 days straight in the jungle. And, you know, that was like the first few months of the year. And then the next few months were kind of like a backlash coming down from that, falling into drugs and whatnot. And all the while I felt like, you know, ayahuasca is still leading me forward and I still feel like it's helped a lot and I will go back to it, but I'm kind of feeling like a long break after hearing this news I heard recently that is just speculation and rumors. I don't know anything for sure, but this woman told me that she heard about the son of my shaman, not my shaman, but the son of my shaman, uh, having this incident of sexual misconduct during a ceremony like 10 years ago. And she says there was like a court case about it and all of this stuff. 
And so I asked him about it. He seemed like he was kind of denying it. Uh, I want to talk to him in person and, and sort out what I think. But yeah, I've been sitting with the possibility that, you know, these people I put on a pedestal and gave a lot of power in my journey are just fallible, potentially even shitty people. I mean, I don't think that really, like I can't even fathom this guy doing something like that, but it may well have happened. And uh, so, yeah, I feel like I need a long break, not just from alcohol and smoking cigarettes and weed and the obvious stuff, but probably from ayahuasca too. That sucks, man. But, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I'm surprised because I say this every time we meet Mm -hmm. a new spiritual guru. (laughs) Yeah, there are no gurus, no true gurus. You and watched like, the Bikram documentary, right? The what documentary? Bikram, the guy that like popularized yoga in America. Oh no, I didn't, but I I heard about his like exploitation of women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, shit's pathological. The guru complex is really fucked up. That stuff is super common. Really disturbing. Really disturbing with ayahuasca to me because it's like that's when people are the most vulnerable. To me, it's like so unfathomable to take advantage of someone in that state. But dudes be horny, and maybe this dude did that. But what's been such a trip, honestly, is reconciling this with my experiences with medicine and in ceremonies. Like, I had an experience, like a particularly powerful experience, where I saw my shaman, uh, like in multicolor, rainbow shimmering type appearance in this realm where all these symbols were flying at me and shit. And I had a dialogue with ayahuasca. And she made me answer yes or no explicitly to a calling to do this type of work. I don't know if I said this before, maybe I did. But like during that, it seemed like very clear that there was a message that like these guys are trustworthy. They're, you know, they'll guide you along this journey, which is super long. And I felt like in very good hands. So now I'm just questioning everything. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah, but I, I think it's like probably necessary and maybe even like a a test from the universe which surely sounds really woo woo to you but i feel like this came coming up was an opportunity for me to decide between like just not listening to this woman and what she said because my ego doesn't want to because i have this clear route forward toward you know being in the position i would like to be in but i'm not going to do that if it if it means working with people who don't have the integrity I expect. So I hope I pass the test, but I feel as lost as ever. I feel like, number one, you sexist bigot believe all women. (laughs) Dude, I think after the Depherd trial, we can finally get past that. Yeah, that was, uh, I was actually, that's what I was going to bring up, unless that woman is Amber Heard, which happened to (laughs) be. Yeah, Amber Heard is the only woman who's ever lied about these things. What's weird is that you and I know so much about these court cases, even though we, we care about neither person mm-hmm. or no yeah. either person. Actually, I didn't really follow that. I like I felt like, yeah, I don't care about these people, so I don't care about this case. I just heard things. But I don't like that it was so televised. Who is pushing this to the public? Yeah, it's real fucking dumb. I think it's probably, I don't know. The conspiracist in me still thinks it's part of the agenda. Like a big part of the agenda is sowing seeds of distrust between the sexes. So, you know, get guys real gung ho on a guy winning one of these anger women, the Roe v. Wade thing. 
I feel like it's just a perfect setup for men and women hating each other even more. Um, Johnny Depp's publicist probably is the one pushing most of it because if they know they're going to win, they want to make an obvious point to like the entire planet to demonize right. her. Makes a lot of sense, yeah. Um, so and I if you lie about this shit, you should be demonized, to be fair, in my opinion. 100%. Um, but the Roe v. Wade thing, I have a conspiracy about that. I think, you know, maybe we're planning a war that's 20 years out. And we need a lot of orphans <laughs> carry guns. But also I heard a good one, which was that um, someone was saying that there's a conspiracy that maybe we're running out of white people. <laughs> so they're banning abortions to get you know all the white women to stop aborting their children i don't know if the stats really really back that up but it's it's kind of funny it's kind of interesting because i think that like demographic collapse is an issue in most other developed countries uh where mm -hmm. the where like the developed population is not having as many children and eventually there won't be enough children to support the aging population hmm because you know, like a healthy society always needs like a pyramid where the youngest make up the most amount of people because they need to be the workforce. Right. But non-white people are still having kids, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really buy the white one. I thought it was funny, but I think oh, that yeah. if we are in an impending demographic collapse, 20, 30, 40 years out, then this could be some think tanks thing like, Oh, let's ban abortion. Could be, could be. I don't know if anyone can plan anything 20 years out at this point. Like so I close mean, to shit falling apart. Yeah, Maybe. but I think you're always seeding plans. Like, right, the Chinese had a one-child policy for what forty years. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Did you know that China now bans any media that has guys like looking not macho? Like, you know how <laughs> like Western media, you know, has tended toward like bitches, like really bitchy guys being the leads and stuff, and. That's where people look to for guidance of how to be if they don't have parents. So obviously it's fucked up all the millennial men and China is nipping that in the bud. Yeah, that's that's very concerning, honestly. It's concerning. <laughs> Everything's concerning. <laughs> Everything about the state of the world is concerning. Like there's nothing healthy about overly masculine posturing. Oh, definitely not. Nothing healthy about any programming from TV in any direction. Really? Yeah, man. I think, um, you know, nobody should watch anything or get any news. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do? It's I'm going to get a light phone. I'm going to get a phone that only texts and calls. But while you're doing that, all the MAGA boys are getting on the internet and they're buying AR-15s. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's so... Obviously, my thing... You know, I think it's it's Tinder that's causing this, the mass shootings. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think the, can, it just makes the incels angrier? Yeah, I think you can plot, like, the rise of dating apps. And the, I mean, I guess they're correlated. That doesn't necessarily imply a causation. But I think they're definitely correlated, and someone should look into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. But at the same time, I feel like there are probably a dozen trends, all negative and disturbing, that are all correlated in the last decade or so. 100%. Male virginity being another one of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, I, I'm in a real pickle with, with the sex. I need, uh, 
need to find a solution because I don't want to revolve around one girl, but I am too sensitive. I've realized for casual sex, like I tried it and I was just like sad. I was like, you know, those, those women in movies who cry after sex. That was me. Well, you were seeing someone, right? Uh, I haven't been seeing anyone since the X of three years, which was, I'm still not really fully over. That's part of the problem. But I, yeah, I thought, you know, sexing would solve that. It did not. But we've at least become friends. She's like a supportive friend. That's something. The one that, that you were seeing or not seeing, but can't Yeah, do. yeah. The one in Ecuador. Yeah, but then... I don't know. It's too depressing to talk about. How about you? We've really flipped because I used to be the monogamist going toward the path of kids and all the shit. And now I'm out of that and you're in that, right? Still? I'm, I'm in it, man. It's going well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's all uncharted territory for me. You know, being a human with emotions that has to support other people and listen to them complain. <laughs> stuff, you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, dude. I don't, I don't know how to give people compliments or be nice to them. So it's a pretty rough learning curve. I don't know. That's maybe a little too harsh on yourself. You're pretty nice. But, um, you know, we're getting there. It's going super well. I, I like what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I get sort of your old viewpoints a little bit more. The viewpoints of what? You know, just, just being emotionally open with oh. other people. Oh yeah, man. That's huge. But I mean, it's huge. It's like, I think I grew a lot from being in two long relationships and opening my heart and whatnot. But at the same time, I still agree with your old viewpoints that we evolved to pair bond for whatever, five, eight years. And the, you know, marriage is a construct. The idea that you're just going to be with one person for your life is a construct. Yeah. I mean, I, think that there's probably a, a mountain of evidence that would support that claim such a nice I, idea though just having that one person locked in you're supported they're supported i think we just like swallow it you know and deal with it and like you know it's not going to be a hundred percent all the time but you just decide that it's better than the alternative mm-hmm. and i think that after a while you know you stop getting presented with certain options Right, like if I'm 50 and and a slob and like a fat slob, it's not. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, oh, I should have locked it down 20 years ago. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I hear that. I think it's it's hard to to not lock it down and to also not degenerate because if you're single, you know, there's porn, there's there's a lot of shit out there. It's easy to degenerate. But I think of this guy I knew in LA who he was 47. And he looked healthy. He looked like he could be in his late 30s or something, exercised. And he just had like a magnetism. Like girls wanted him. They were everywhere. Like we would go into a coffee shop and I could clearly tell the barista was into him. And he was, he still actually, I think, is like debating locking it down finally after all this time. But it's like a tough call because he still has options. Yeah, that's interesting. But then it's also like if you want to have kids, you know, you don't want to really, or at least I don't really want to be like an old father. Yeah, that's fair. I don't want to be at a high school graduation and be, you know, 75 looking like Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. With my yeah, so, <laughs> it's a risk. It's a risk. You got to risk becoming a divorced 
father of a broken home if you want to be a young father. <laughs> I still kind of like it. I feel like, you know, if I had just knocked someone up when they were 15, I'd have a 15-year-old child right now. Mm-hmm. Could be interesting. I don't know how much my life would have derailed paying, you know, child support or whatever, but I was going to say I know both cases. Like, I know people that, whose lives have been ruined, but then I know people that, like, just pawned it off on their parents and they, like, went to school and had a normal, you know, existence. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's, I don't think there's, like, a wrong way to do it. It could work out. Uh, it's How long has it been now for you? Uh, it was, I think, late February, early March. So, okay. Or is it five months? Four months. That'd be four. Yeah. So, longest relationship, right? Feels like longer. Yeah. It's surprising. Has it gone deep in that time? Yeah. It's pretty good. I mean, we're. Do you love her? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you yeah. said you love her? Yeah. We've been doing that for like two nice. weeks, a little bit longer. Oh, dude. I'm catching you at a great point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty good. I've really only been tempted one time. To cheat? Not to cheat, but like, you know, just like there's this girl I was talking to and I was like, you know, I was kind of feeling it. It's like I knew Mm -hmm. I could probably do something, but then I was like, not worth it. Yeah, it's definitely not worth it because you were living a life of having plenty of hoes in and out. Yeah, but it's just like, I don't know. There's still still hoes there. <laughs> are nice, and you're like, ah, oh, these are the sacrifices I have to make now. Mm-hmm. I'd say I don't get tempted. I would say I don't get tempted by ninety percent of hoes, but there's still just some hoes that are, you know, exactly my type. And I'm just like, all right, that could be good too. But I think that this is really good, and I would the cost benefit. You know, one night of super fun versus losing everything that you've built for for so long is is not really worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I concur wholeheartedly. I also feel like you're at a point now where you can obviously still pivot. Like my experience in long-term relationships was like it develops to a point where you start to wonder if you even can pivot. Like you, you've built so much and there's so much shared and the love gets so deep that, you know, it's that's how it happens. It's like that's how you get one itis and revolve around one chica and start the family. And if it's the right chica who won't abuse her power, I guess that's good. But uh, yeah, for me, I felt like it fucked me up and it's been a year of not being with the ex in person. And still I feel like my sexuality and energy is kind of like molded around that three year relationship. And I'm kind of climbing out of a hole. Interesting. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I'm pretty excited for all that stuff you were talking about mm-hmm. just to build it more. I think it's, it's pretty cool. New experience for me. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much all in, man. Sweet. I'm happy for you. Obviously it's early, but yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you've had a lot of time though and gotten to a serious point. I feel like you can, you know, it's not all about time. Like some people are together for five years and might like say they love each other, but, never actually get to like a really authentic connected place. Yeah. A thing I like is that we didn't hook up right away. And so like we had a pretty good, like a, like a pretty good repertoire as friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We can enjoy just like going out and doing something and doesn't mm-hmm. totally, it's not like all physical. Yeah. That's huge. 
which is nice. Yeah, because like I enjoy our company, and then the physical is there, and it's also very nice, obviously. Mm-hmm. But you got like the foundation of friendship. That's good. Yeah, and it wasn't that long, but like it was longer than I'm used to, which is nice. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it might have been a misstep with me and the ex. Our first date was just like all about sex and smoking weed, and we were drunk. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, it worked out for what it was, but I definitely agree. Like the friendship has to be the foundation, especially if like you're thinking long term, because the honeymoon phase always ends, and when it ends, you have to like the person. Yeah, exactly. And no, I don't think I have to compromise too much of you know the stuff I do. For now. Yeah, I don't know if she would want to live in the jungles of Ecuador, but <laughs> I got a lot of time to plant the seed. You do have a lot of time, yeah. And I mean, like if you're down. I feel like the fundamental choice is basically, do you want to put your energy into kids and family or into like some huge passion? And I guess you can still have a huge passion and have kids, but it's a trade-off. So, I mean, if you're fine with putting that energy into a family and a wife, I mean, literally, like, I think that's what happens when you come in a girl, (laughs) then Uh, it's fine. I'm going to do both. What's your great passion? I got it all figured out. I'm going to become a best-selling American novelist. Fuck. You used to be jealous of me. I'm going to end up jealous of you. Well, I'm, you know, I haven't started yet. I haven't written a single word, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, so we're in the same boat. You're going to become a best-selling American novelist? Well, I also have that ambition, and I also haven't written a word. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, good. We've started. That's even worse for me because I don't have a day job. I'm supposed to be a writer, creative guy. I just uh, recently came up with that. So I, you know, listened to Stephen King's audiobook and uh, On writing? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I have that book with me. It's great. Yeah, I think I'm going to, you know, write a bunch of fiction about Portland, Maine and see how it goes. Hmm. So you're not going to do sci-fi? Well, no, I just mean like he only writes about Portland, Maine. Stephen King does? Yeah. All of his stories are set in the American Northeast. They're all the exact same story. It's always a writer in the Northeast. (laughs) Wow. But like that's, you know, there's really no voodoo Wizard of Oz magic happening in the background. It's just sitting down every day for three hours and writing about Mm -hmm. things he knows, like his backyard. And then he's like, what if there was a ghost in my backyard? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like how pragmatic how pragmatically he talks about the process cuz i do think it's about just putting in the time and being on the grind but i also think there's voodoo and there's a muse i think the trick is she doesn't respect you if you don't put in the time so you have to yeah. put in the time to get the inspiration yeah that's a good point yeah it's like um you have to work at creativity mm-hmm. i yep. totally agree with you so that's the plan but uh, yeah, I think starting, I think 90% of people that don't make it in whatever they're trying to make it in is they just don't start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to start and you got to continue. That's about yeah, it. Ball rolling and then it's just momentum carries it once you make it a habit. Yeah. How I'm going to do that, I don't know yet, but uh, it can't be that hard, right? Yeah, I mean, you probably just got to pick a time like in your day when you consistently write or do whatever you're trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. Like tomorrow I'm going to set my alarm for 6 or a little past meditate and stuff. And then my time to do creative work is like seven onward every day. And I need, I, it, you know, nothing's going to happen if I don't have the discipline to do that. I feel like if there is a way to gamify it, 
um, I would be better at it, but I haven't come up with one. Hmm. Like, I need, like, uh, like a tiger chasing me. <laughs> you know, like, I have, like, if I sign up for a race, then I'll practice running because I want to mm-hmm. humiliate myself in a race. Yes. And if I, obviously, if I want to win my F1, I see everyone's times every day, and I'm competitive, so I want to post a faster time. Right. Yeah, you need an event. You need, like, something to do it for. I think that's, like, the fundamental problem I have, basically, is, like, that's what's motivating is having something you're working for and something you can envision. Like you're looking forward to it. You're looking forward to releasing the thing or whatever, but I really want to create something long-term and with a big vision, but the payoff of that is not going to be for like a few years. So how, how do you motivate to do something like that when there's all this technology and shit keeping us hooked on dopamine cycles needing a reward way sooner? Yeah. I feel like um, if there is a way, to get quicker feedback. Like if you're taking a class and you could just submit to some guy and he reads it and he goes, good or bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be something. You could blog too. I mean, that's a reason I'm considering just like blogging and releasing shit more frequently. I want to do fiction. Mm-hmm. You could blog fiction. Yeah, I think it's easy to say things without upsetting people when it's fiction. Mm, yeah, there's so much more possibility in fiction. I kind that's kind of why I want to write fiction because yeah. nonfiction is so limiting. Yeah, and it's people get upset at nonfiction, but you yeah. could say you could write nonfiction and call it fiction. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that's the way to go. People got real upset at my nonfiction. <laughs> now I'm a transphobe, lunatic, anti-vaxer, and I gotta do something good if I want to redeem. Yeah, that's. What do you have a path to redemption? It's not clear, but it starts with waking up tomorrow and writing, yeah, editing this up. and then writing. What's fucked up about like the Reddit crowd is that there is no path to redemption. Mm. They just want to be like, all right, you're done forever now, on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's never forever. Nothing's no, it's forever. Not. I'll come back. They pivot all the time. Mm-hmm. They're goldfish, but they're angry goldfish. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Thing is, it's like, I've always had like an underlying faith that I'll come back, that I'll get it back. But these substances and like drinking and shit has actually gotten me to a point of like, shit, maybe I won't. Maybe I will go down as a cautionary tale and that's it. And that's scary. I'm not okay with that. I would ease up on the drinking. Um, Yeah, 100%. I'm done. I'm done. Stone cold sobriety. I don't find it very difficult, though, to go a week without drinking, whatever. Like, it, I, I never get that urge to be like, I want to be kind of tipsy right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That means you have, like, an inner peace that I wish I had. But I think I will oh, cultivate shit, dude, it. Still I there? to get out of this hole. Yo, you froze. Are you there? Damn. I've never had to end a podcast solo still have a little bit of this brew but i have no bro where are you leo where did you go all right i'll piss and if leo isn't back when i'm back i'll wrap this shit up All right.
My guy, Leo, has just passed away via asphyxiation while masturbating or something because he is nowhere to be found. Maybe he just lost internet, more likely. But the bottom line is things are pretty bad in the world. Things are pretty bad in the personal life. But there is redemption. We're recording this on July 5th. Tomorrow, July 6th, it is back to doing creative work. It is away from doing drugs, alcohol, weed, tobacco, all the fucking drugs. And it is the long road toward redemption and toward becoming the authentic self, as opposed to this fucking fool. Forgive me for everything I've said on this podcast and pray that I say better things someday.